Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated and then try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. That's why you need to try SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. The baseball season is winding down, but we're about to have the two biggest months of the regular season. So you're definitely going to be wanting tickets. If your team's in, con in, in contention, you might be making a decision kind of at the last minute. You know what? It's Tuesday night. Let's go ahead and go. You jump on SeatGeek. And you're going to guarantee yourself the best prices, even with that sort of uh, game day type of buying, as opposed to buying them in, in advance. And because SeatGeek is the only place I ever go to look for tickets to a game or concert, that's 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 kind of how I know. I, I actually use the product here. I have the app on my phone, and it, it's great. It's taken all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. SeatGeek pulls all the tickets available on other sites into one place so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming games, and SeatGeek will let you know if the price falls. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value so you can immediately find underpriced seats. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. Best of all, SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. Unlike StubHub, SeatGeek shows you the full pr ticket price from start to finish and never surprises you with huge fees at checkout. Now, our listeners will get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do to get that $20 rebate is download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter promo code SLEEPER, S-L-E-E-P-E-R, and then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code SLEEPER today. Welcome to episode 376 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Wednesday, August 10th, 2016. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Eno Saris. Eno, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. Can you believe so, it's August 10th? It's, yeah, the dog days. It, it's definitely the dog days. Uh, talked about it a little bit during the All-Star break. It can be a bit dog day-ish for fantasy players and baseball writers. Definitely for the players right now, for the, for the on-field players. They've got to be dragon butt right now some of them you know <laughs> on their last legs in terms of just looking for a day off you know sometimes these teams get on streaks where they're playing 15 20 games in a row lots of crazy stuff yeah, injuries been been cropping up per usual we got some news to talk about but then we're gonna we're gonna look look forward a little bit i don't think there was so much going on in the here and now that we had to necessarily get to uh, so I wanted to look forward a little bit and talk about some potential 2017 first-rounders. And I'm using first-rounder loosely. I'm talking top 15 hitter, really. And I know that Kershaw will probably still make the first round, so the first round won't be all hitters. But those those top 15 hitters, they all kind of cycle in the first round depending on, on what draft you're doing. Um, so I, I figure asking about a handful of guys, seeing if, if you believe that they're top 15 guys for next year, we're talking about potential first-rounders at least. But some big news right off the bat. This one this one shocked me until you kind of sit back and, and you look at what the way it's been now since uh, kind of the middle, actually a little bit before the middle of last year. And you understand that maybe it's not that crazy that Carlos Gomez was DFA'd. Um, at the same time, you see a big name like that cross 
across the wire for, for a DFA, and it's it's hard not to be jarred by it a little bit. Been a brutal season though, and it, and it was pretty modest last year. It was a big fall off after the hamstring. He never really got it going with Houston after the trade. I mean, cannot talk about how much of a bullet uh, the Mets dodged with this one. Not only not only with as well as Cespedes did, but just not getting Carlos Gonzalez. He put up uh, Carlos Gomez, excuse me. He put up a 670 OPS with Houston last year. It's been down to 594 this year. 31 percent strikeout rate. That is a surge, even for a guy who you know struck out a bit more than you'd like. This is this is obscene. He's been terrible. He's only 30 years old, though. You know what's the future look like for Carlos Gomez now that he's been DFA'd? I think somebody will take a shot on him. I can't imagine why, like, uh, you know, a Phillies or Braves team wouldn't, you know, uh, claim him. Could you see a, even a contender maybe doing it? Tig- yeah. Tigers are, trotting, uh, Tigers are trotting Tyler Collins out there on the reg. They'll get, they'll get last dibs, though. I, I mean, mean, yeah, they'll get late dibs. So you're saying an earlier team will jump it. You no, know, but maybe, you know, the worst. some of the worst teams are in the in – the, um, National League, and I think it goes through the American League first. Uh, based on the league that they're cut from? I think so. Okay. So uh, maybe there's a chance that, like, a, I think Toronto is, you know, they've got Daryl Siciliani out there yeah. right now. Yep, that's a good they call. Outfielder. Um, but, um, you know, to me, it's really interesting. We've, we've talked here for a while about how we see declining um you know, sort of process skills or just declining health out of him and um, out of Carlos Gomez. And, you know, I think that um, in the way that you can see it is mostly in his contact rate, um, his exit velocity. You know, this year he's had uh, two weeks above average. Um, and last year he spent, um, you know, half the year above average spot uh, a spike in ground balls as well e- even even a lot from 14 to last year it was 38 to 43 percent and then up to 38 percent this year or excuse me 48 percent this year so a, a 10 percentage point jump since 2014 now for carlos G- G- gomez in terms of ground balls but the weird thing is that like you know that all those caught stealings they had last year he's kind of you know gone past that he's 13 for 15 and that and uh, there's a four-component speed score, which um, kind of takes into account your your steals, your caught steals, your triples, and stuff like that. And he's he's always been above average, and he's ticked back up again this year from last year. Yeah, better. So maybe that speaks to a measure of getting some of that hamstring health back intact. But then the hitting has just gone so, so sideways. Stuff. Now here's the thing: uh, this is the end of his contract. This is last year at, uh, of a nine million dollar deal. Any team picking him up not even paying a full two months worth. So, you know, that's not going to be too bad. You're looking probably at about two and a half, three mil, right? Because I think that the uh, the contract just picks up. That's not a bad gamble. And by the way, you mentioned Toronto. My Tigers are ahead of them in the pick since it goes reverse standings. Again, not sure they get down to the depths of these teams. I feel like the White Sox uh, would definitely take a shot here. Um, I don't know. With the Royals, do you think? They've had outfield issues. I mean, they're they're not in contention. They're 53 and 59, so they'd really just be renting him. 54 and 58 for the White Sox, kind of the same deal. Do teams want to pay you know 2.75 mil for a rental when they're not when they're not yeah, in contention? You know maybe it's uh, maybe it's more likely it's a contender then. 
you know, maybe maybe that's too much money, and um, you know, I, I don't know if uh, if uh, yeah, I don't know how that'll work out. It's, I, I, it's, I don't either. I'm really sort of balance of of things. You know, I just do you see someone like handing him a, a starting role? Like, is yeah. it more likely? I think maybe. Maybe it's more likely that if he gets on a non-contender, he gets a starting role because they might think, well, you know, let's see if he's good enough to offer to sign, yeah, or just to offer the um, the one-year deal to. Can they do that picking him up on a DFA? I know in a trade you can't. I wonder if you can on a DFA. Yeah, that's interesting. You give him a couple months and say, you know, what what have you got? Obviously, the teams will do their due diligence. Yeah, he changed teams. You know, that's sort of related to that's supposed to be in place to keep teams, keep for a player on his team. So, um, I bet you they can't. So then I bet you that means he's more likely to go to a contender who sees him as a two million dollar rental. Yeah, and, and as as kind of an August trade acquisition, maybe even maybe even competing uh, in a trade with Houston. Right, there's a ten day period now. He doesn't just go straight to the uh, to the waivers. Right, he. Can be traded for ten days. Yeah, I think then you'll be rooting for the Blue Jays because Jose Bautista just went down. Yep, uh, with a knee sprain. Pilar, both in the same week here. Yeah, they're they're hurting in the outfield. They could use an outfielder. He might actually play. It's a good offensive stadium, and they've had a lot of success turning hitters around, especially when it comes to power. Um, he might learn something, you know, especially about getting loft on the ball from that's been guys something. like. Donaldson and yeah. even Bautista while he's hurt. So, um, you know, there could be something there. It's it's surprising to see someone's health go so sideways so quickly. So quickly. I think too. it seems like a health thing. I mean, it's just the swing strike rate and the power just going away. Just It just screams health. Plus, of course, the Mets uh, piece of this. That's part of it. Exactly. Too. That We yeah. can't ignore the fact that they passed on him because of health, and now he's just been pretty much booty since that point a little bit before that as well but he's never shown uh the capability that we saw previously pretty much since that trade deadline last year now so just over a calendar year for carlos gomez and you have to wonder how much that's playing a role and you talk about health going sideways we saw prince fielder announce his retirement today he was just devastated that was very difficult to watch i felt awful for him you know, when, when the body fails you, that's the toughest part. It's one thing if you're dealing with a skills erosion and you can just kind of look in the mirror. Maybe you don't admit it publicly, but you look in the mirror and you say, I just don't have it anymore. It's not like Prince doesn't have it anymore. And you talk about the speed component with, uh, with Gomez, that's back on track. He's got to be thinking, it's not that I don't have anything anymore. It's you know, something's probably ailing him that's keeping him from being anywhere near the success rate that he used to have. That 18% strikeout rate or swinging strike rate is so much higher than anything Carlos Gomez ever had before. So I agree with you. He's going to get another chance somewhere. I'm not exactly sure where that Toronto thing lines up nicely. Um, selfishly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if my Tigers took a shot. Like I said, Tyler Collins out there getting some, some regular burn. Cameron Mabin hitting, uh, hasn't been playing as much lately. I, I think He's in that limbo period of maybe going to the DL. Uh, the White Sox are in an interesting position because they're sort of content. I mean, they're not really contenders, but they could they, they could get they could get concerns. hot. But they could get hot, I guess. I mean, Maven know. was placed on the DL yesterday. I should mention for the Tigers, so he he would probably start for the Tigers. So I don't know how much so, I will really want that. Well, that 
so then that would actually maybe went back on the DL. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe it was just yesterday. I, I missed it. My fault. What happened to him? Uh, thumb, thumb, uh, grade two left thumb sprain. Jeez. Retroactive to the fourth. And they're not calling goes up, huh? No, because he, he he's, he's in the doghouse. He's terrible, and you know, as that happens. Devon Travis continues to rake as well, so it's like, oh, deal. Who are they bringing up? They did not make a corresponding move yet. Collins? Uh, Collins has been up because he was up for like when JD. The Tigers will take Gomez before the Blue Jays, I feel like. I think they will, and they have the option to do so. Maybe they work out a trade. Like you said, the White Sox or the Royals. I doubt the the Mariners are kind of humming along, and they are in the – in the the race, but and I don't know if they really need outfield. They're not. He's not really a Mariners type player. No, and is he, I mean, best case is he's is he tries to get back on a Leonis Martin level, and Leonis Martin's already there. I know Gutierrez not the model of health, but they've got Aoki, Martin, Gutierrez, Seth Smith. Um, I mean, just those four right now. I know Sean O'Malley's so, on the roster, so it, you know, it actually lines up pretty well. That the only the only thing that could put a monkey wrench in is the Royals want to take a look at him and just you know see if there's him, anything play yep. him you know, and see if they would actually sign him. But I think probably maybe the White Sox are the most likely just because sort of they're open to doing that sort of thing too. Yeah, it's not not looking good for the Blue Jays since they have the second best record or third best record in, ba- in baseball well too bad for you blue jays sorry anyway sorry but it's a pretty good pretty good uh landing spot not good for his power necessarily not uh, great for his speed though either because they're not gonna just let him run hey although they've shown that they'll let guys who are are capable they're not gonna let somebody pile up a bunch of caught stealing um, they kind of tried that a little bit. I think it was the first year under Osmus where they kind of ran wild a little bit, and then they said, no, that doesn't really work for this team. Pulled pulled the brakes back on, on that. But someone like a Maven, he's been able to run. They let, they let folks run if they're capable at it. So that could be an interesting fit. I, I wouldn't hate it for the Tigers, even though he would play a little bit. I, I did just mention, yeah, he probably would play. It would, might not be the best, but eh, take a shot because it's better than Tyler Collins. So uh, you did mention Jose Bautista to the DL for Toronto. That's damaging. Uh, that that stings in fantasy as well. Can you think of any outfield names off the top of your head that you might be replacing him with on the disable or on the uh, on the waiver wire that could offer some power? I'm trying to think of who who he, who's even available right now. You know, we talked up Max Kep where he's 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 getting scooped up in all sorts of leagues. Take a shot on Curtis Granderson. I know he's going to have some availability. Like a Steve Pierce. I think he has outfield eligibility. It's by Yahoo owned. Uh, Hayward Gaddis. Maybe Gaddis. Because I'm trying to. For me. It's just power, you know. Yeah, Gattis. I'm trying to replace the power. Gaddis has an outfield eligibility in Yahoo. Brad Miller, man. I just. I am so surprised by Brad Miller. And we, we call him Bad Miller, and then he goes out and, and rakes. It's still funny to call him that. <laughs> it can apply to his fielding, too. I think, I guess, I think I might actually like Brad Miller going forward over Evan Gaddis. Evan Gaddis is just so one-dimensional. Brad Miller probably would steal you a couple bases, may have a better batting average, may get on base more. Yeah, and if you can finagle it where, you're not, where you don't have to go direct. Is he an outfield eligible? Is Brad Miller outfield eligible? 
uh, he was on Yahoo. Okay. Okay. Just, great. So yeah, if you if if you're looking for some, that could be interesting too. Also, if you did need middle infield, you could finagle your roster around. He might actually work out in that respect as Josh well. Josh Reddick. Josh Reddick playing with the uh, with the Dodgers, although he seems to have really gone to the to the platoon because he just hasn't hit lefties and. You know the defense is there where you could kind of make him an everyday player, but at the same time, it's it, it's a lot tougher when you consider just how bad of a hitter he is against lefties. Yeah, I mean you'd have to it had to be daily lineup, but uh, I like, Miller, I like the Miller idea. Miller, you don't really want to play against lefties either, and Gavis is a righty, so it's a it's a weird it's a hodgepodge uh, collection there. Um, you might try to go for broke with David Dahl, but you know there's a, a certain Amount of um, probably scooped up in most leagues, though. I mean, fifty percent. Yeah, I was actually going down the list. Uh, Javier so, Baez. Um, yeah, fifty percent Yahoo. So, but I, I feel like a lot of that contingent is going to be listeners of this of this podcast. Yeah. That's just that's just my my guess. Check, of course. We always say, don't assume. You never know. Don't say, ah, oh, he has to be owned because you know he's a good player or whatever. Just check. What about Andrew Benintendi? He's thirty-one at ESPN. He's probably down there at Yahoo. Again, for a lot of our listeners, he's going to be gone in their leagues, but not not everybody, and not in ten and twelve team necessarily. What about Benintendi? That's I think if you need the batting average, it would be a sort of departure from what you were doing. Yeah, with, not the power. Said, it's not the power. Pedro Alvarez might be able to. He's at thirty percent. He might be able to. We've talked about him. He might be able to give you the power. Killing righties. You got like an eight. 80 OPS against him, something up there really nice uh, for Pedro Alvarez against if righties. You're at, if you're looking at things below 30%, it gets really nasty. I mean, there's uh, Alex Dickerson. He's showed a lot of pop, though. I actually kind of feel like he should maybe be above 30% the way he's on the strong side of a platoon and, and just popping the ball. You know, he was he was something of a prospect back in the day, not not a top 100 guy. But I feel like he, yeah, we haven't really talked about him. He was an actual, you know, I don't know, a power asset. He, he showed some punch, not not gaudy numbers, but uh, you know, 2015 in AAA had a 196 ISO. 2014 it was only 175. Um, Someone 34 threw games though. 60 60 raw power on him in the in the uh, in the scouting line. So Th- those are Kylie's still, I believe. Yeah. And so, really, uh, the the real question seems to be hit his hit tool. Yeah, can he can he continue yeah. to make enough? Uh, and he's making a lot of good contact right he's now. Making a lot of contact, it's crazy. And it and it started in AAA. Um, and Don't, really, I'm in on Dickerson. Yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised by this. It has a nice uh, ground ball fly ball profile for power. Um, you know, he hits like uh, point point eight. And that playing uh, time is well, wide open. Yeah, who's taking that from him? Nobody. Got some. Got a good pull percentage, good hard percentage. Another guy recently back, Eric's uh, Aaron Altair. This was a guy who you know I was ready to be psyched on. Was going to probably recommend the, the heck out of him in the preseason because he just looked like a guy who could be a nice power speed combo. And he got hurt, and he really just came back. Did he tear his ACL? I can't remember exactly what it was. Big severe injury, obviously. If he Chris- just Wrist, injury. wrist. Okay, so if he just started the season, but in 12 games already, three homers, three stolen bases, really kind of showing 
exactly what he can offer. Still has some swing and miss component. Been a little bit uh, probably unfa- on the unfavorable side of his batting average on balls and play. That's why he's got a 245. But he's not a huge batting average guy. I would say probably more of a 270 at, at his peaks. But you're looking at the power and speed combo from Altair. Another guy who the playing time is going to be wide open in Philly. So I'll go Dickerson first. Altair second of, of these guys Altair's likely to be available. Right now, uh, if you look at his splits, because uh, he's a righty, he uh, has better walk and strikeout rates against lefties. And um, and so far has 9% walks, 28% Ks against righties. Uh, where that, that goes to 11.5 and 21% uh, against the lefties. So, um, you know, that's the only part of the line right now that favors lefties, but as uh, a certain someone, Mr. Mitchell Lickman, likes to say, uh, you would never, uh, almost never, project a person into a re- reverse platoon split. No, no, so, it, it, they're 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 butterflies. I mean, they're they're, right. be- they're beautiful snowflakes because you just don't <laughs> see it. And then even when you think you see one for for a three four year stretch, it usually That's ends up flipping because. You just don't own you just don't own platoon splits, and you certainly don't own them at this part of your career when you have like sixty so, major league games. So, uh, to me, I I'm a little bit worried. Um, well, I guess there's some Babbitt stuff going on versus lefties, but um, I'm a little bit worried that this 258 ISO against righties is the real outlier. Uh, because if you take that and and push it down to you know where his projections are and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know his projections are more 150, 160 ISO. Uh, then you take a lot of you know that value away from him that he's had so far. I know that in 222 plate appearances so far in his career, he's had the 236 ISO. That's not a lot of plate appearances, and it's not been consecutive, and it's you know over a couple beginnings of seasons. So. Uh, you know, especially if powers are need, I'd rather go Dickerson. No, I'm, I'm fully going Dickerson first, but in terms of what's going to be available for a large majority deeper of our listeners, yeah, yeah, I'm, further I'm look deeper. at Altair just because yeah. the playing time is going to be there. What about Melvin Upton, who's, you know, obviously already seeing a playing time boost with Pilar out? Hasn't, you know, it wasn't great with San Diego from a triple slash standpoint, but fantasy wise, 16 bombs, 20 stolen bases with them, you know. You're going to get some of the power. You're going to get more of a, a an all-encompassing sort of fantasy profile. But it's pretty darn good, 16 and 20. Um, would you be interested in him over Altair? I think I would, actually. Melvin Especially Upton, in a redraft league. I just It's uh, it's kind of the bird in the hand. I guess you know it might depend a little bit on where my place is in the standings. But uh, I'd prefer Upton the further up I am in the standings uh, to get that sort of bird in the hand and get the— Over Dickerson you know, as well? No, not over okay, Dickerson. Just over, over out there. Upton's a righty, uh, and Dickerson's a lefty. I yeah. just like having that platoon advantage more often. Also, Dickerson, you know, with that strikeout rate at eleven percent, and uh, and Upton at thirty percent, um, Dickerson has the chance. Not necessarily saying he will, but he has the chance to hit two eighty or plus. You know, fully agree. Uh, D- Dickerson's the guy. Upton would have to, you know, you know, strike lightning. Or catch lightning in a bottle. That's the better way to say it. He, he might have already caught some of his lightning too, because he's he's been ice cold with them. It's only forty plate appearances with Toronto, but he's been brutal. He's five for five for thirty eight with a couple walks, one thirty two, one fifty, one thirty two, 
with is his uh, triple slash with a 40% strikeout rate and 27% swinging strike rate. I know it's a small sample, but when it's that bad, what am I doing in Canada? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I not going well there so far for him. Uh, let's move on to Stephen Wright. He's not going to start Thursday because of a shoulder situation that happened when he was pinch running. Oof, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah. Jammed his shoulder, pinch running. Now this start is is off the books. We'll see when he gets back on. How, how do you deal with a situation like this that was caused not even by pitching? I think you drop him. I think you drop him in most leagues. Um, I mean, you could wait for more information and see uh, what you want to do. But, you know, we're getting into that kill time where, you know, every every start counts. You don't want to start falling behind in innings pace. Especially if you're chasing a uh, – also, also if you're chasing a, a playoff spot in a head-to-head league. You know, and you need some starts this week. You were counting, hopefully, on getting a, a, a good start out of Stephen Wright. Now you're not going to get anything. And because at like the 50 to 40 percent level, if you drop Stephen Wright now, you could get, um, you know, uh, you know, Fister at Minnesota. It's not a great start, but it's Minnesota. Yeah, and he's uh, been really good for a good part of the season. Fister has not with the strikeouts, but the results have been there. That's Thursday. I mean, you could stomach Musgrove at Toronto, just hope that, I mean, Smiley, we talked about how Smiley was going to go in Toronto and give up all the homers, and he didn't give up a single homer, so. That, that, uh, we knew so, that was happening once we said that. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, let's see here, Chatwood at Philly, um, Brandon McCarthy versus Pittsburgh. I mean, these are decent you know, sort of interchangeable parts, and if you make that leap and go for you know McCarthy at Pittsburgh or uh, Ventura, Yordana Ventura at Minnesota or, or Doug Fister in Minnesota, then um, this, there's a soft landing for you because there's better pitchers coming up after that with Drew Smiley uh, facing San Diego, mm-hmm. Blake Snell gets San Diego, um, you know after that Toronto series, um, Adam Conley gets uh, probably uh, Pittsburgh after that after uh, the White Sox. Uh, and even the White Sox at home is not a bad start for Conley. So no. there's, a, there's a lot of uh, sort of good starts you can have. And I don't think that I have this confidence in Stephen Wright to, that I need to make him an every starter. So I would put him in that, in that grab bag of guys. You know, even, uh, even with a shutout last time out at the Dodgers. Since no, dude. No, I just, even with that, since July 1st, 495 ERA, that's with the, with the shutout. Oh, okay, good. So we're, right. we're looking at sure no, me no, we're, we're, we're looking at a five ERA even in the midst of of having to get a shutout there. So you could tell that the the rest of the month just wasn't that good outside. One other good start. It's been really spotty lately. Uh, when you look, and I'm just going to use the the game score version two that we have up. Fifties average, by the way, for those that aren't familiar with game score. Uh, going backwards from this shutout that Stephen Wright had to July 1st, 95, 42, 16, 81, 63, 39, 33. So you got three good ones in there. The two really great, and that, that 63 was a, um, six, a baseline quality start, six innings, three runs, but only three hits. That's why it was it got and such a no, good and there's score. No, there's no playing the, you know, we talk about the playing the, you know, uh, the matchups game with with, with no, pitchers. there's there, there's no way you don't know when the knuckleball is going to work. Yeah, I mean, you know, Detroit, 
Um, I'm not going to, you know, slag on your team, but I, I probably would have played him, you know. And he got murdered. Uh, they smashed yeah. him. Uh, I, I probably would have played him. I definitely would have played him at Anaheim. And though it was only three runs, it was three runs in five innings. It's Twelve base runners. Yeah, that's a that's a bad whip. Uh, that's a two you know plus two plus whip, and um, uh, you know. And he he wasn't great against them to start this run here on July on July first against Anaheim. Five innings, four runs on nine base. Uh, excuse me, twelve base runners. And you really so, like if you do only play him in the good matchups, you you get that Anaheim one. Um, and if you only played him in the best matchups, you get that Anaheim one, you get that Dodgers one. Maybe you don't start him against Detroit. You would start him against Minnesota. Great start. You, you know, would you start him against the Yankees? Um, that was an okay start. You would not start him against Texas, probably the way they're hitting the ball. Um, but the other game against Anaheim, he gave up four runs in five innings. So I, you know, I just think it's hard to, to, to know when it's going to dance. Uh, he's like a deep leaguer to me. In deep leagues, of course, everything changes. You know, you just you, you if you're looking at uh, much worse situations on the waiver wire. Um, you know, let me go back to uh, the percentages so that I can. Uh, you know, let me see here. If you're looking at okay, the ten percenters, the fifteen percenters. If you're looking at AJ Griffin and um, you know R. A. Dickey. <laughs> Uh, then, uh, then, yeah, I think I would probably just hold right and hope on. But if Tyler Anderson's out there, I would, I would jump I on I'd, that. I like, I like Tyler Anderson. I just wrote about Tyler Anderson, and I've been intrigued by what what he's been doing. It's it's, it's interesting. He kind of has two different paths right now. I don't want to say approaches because the approach isn't necessarily different. But of course, when you're comparing things from Colorado to the road, these things are just Topsy turvy. It's it's kind it's kind of nuts. So I've been intrigued. I've been intrigued by him though, and he's a former first rounder. It's not like this is a complete out of nowhere uh, right. sort of guy with Tyler Anderson. He's actually you know he's he's actually had some pedigree coming up. Had a busted elbow that cost him a whole year. Now he's back on track from that. I kind of like some of this stuff that we're seeing from him. I actually like him a bit more than than uh, his teammate Tyler Tyler Chatwood. I, w- I would go yeah. Anderson over Chatwood. I would too. Anderson's got Philly coming up. That's a nice start. Um, Except for Aaron Altair because he's a superstar. <laughs> Julio Arias is down there at twelve percent or so, and he's got Pittsburgh coming up. Is he? Is he back in the rotation? Yeah, I would. I, I'm into that. I think he, it may be a little bit iffy because Rich Hill's blister, uh, you know, is like a personified human being that now has like a Twitter account. Wait, and, say, uh, say, say. <laughs> Rich Hill's blister is is giving updates daily. I need to follow that. That. <laughs> and um, uh, so I guess you'd be a little bit worried that you you still got that start. But um, in terms of talent, you know, I would uh, Urias is one of the best in that in this uh, grouping that I'm looking at right now, and which at, is ten this, to fifteen percent on Yahoo. At this point, I'll believe it when I see it in terms of him pitching. Did Luis Luis Severino go back down? Oh God! Uh, he got killed when he was back. They, you know, he had those nice relief outings. Gets back in the rotation and got smashed up. So did they send him right back down? I, I didn't see that. He, he's still got a green check mark for Tampa Bay, but uh, he's currently in Scranton Wilkes Bar. Yep, 
uh, I think it's actually Barry, believe it or not. That just happened. That literally just happened an hour ago, though. So I will give. Sabrina? Yeah, whichever website you're looking at, I'll give them a little bit of a break. And okay. and and so, give and give your host a break for not having so don't it on the pick rundown. Up, don't pick up Severino because he still doesn't have a good secondary pitch. I think it's I think he's he's got a nice fastball, which is why the relief outings worked for him. But the, the secondary stuff is just not there. It, it it's it's just not it's not working with, would, with Severino. So would you make a straight drop of Stephen Wright for Matt Andres uh, going to Yankee Stadium uh, in his next start, or Tom Kohler at Cincinnati? Um, not Tom Kohler out of I I barely trust him in Miami. He was kind of establishing himself as a as a I good home only guy. I don't even really trust him I there trust anymore. So yeah. no, I certainly not even letting him go to Cincy, even against a crappy Cincy team. They got some guys who can rake. I, I don't need Votto alone going four for four off of him with with three bombs. That that that'd be enough to doom Tom Kohler. So no, Matt Andres depends on the league depth. Probably not, though. Some of those other guys we talked about, yeah. Shallower leagues, I am open to moving on from right. Deeper leagues, I'm going to take a shot here. At least hold him through the weekend. And if we get some new news on the weekend that he's going on the DL or whatever, I can make a move then. The only move, the only time I'm making a move actionable on a, this news right now is if I'm in a shallower head-to-head league and I'm really fighting and I yeah. need everything. Maybe even shallower road, road, road yeah. league. Or yeah. you're, just, you're kind of watching the wire anyway. Exactly, exactly. So that's what we're doing with Stephen Wright right now. Hasn't been that great anyway. Uh, Yasmani Grandal is a guy I really liked coming into these last couple seasons. It was just looking like injuries were going to keep him from really being able to to be anything. I don't know. You know, it just last year he got off that amazing start and then went in the tank so badly. You just couldn't even believe it. You couldn't couldn't even believe how bad he was last year. Find out he had to get shoulder surgery, and then it made a whole lot more sense why he was. One of the worst players coming down the stretch last year, Yasmani Grandal. Well, this year he's kind of back at it and and looking a lot like that version, uh, uh, the good version that we saw last year. In fact, in only 84 games, he has more homers and ribbies than he did last year, 18 and 49 respectively. In 84 games, he needed 115 games to get 16 and 47 for Yasmani Grandal. So he's setting career highs in those counting categories. Batting average still an issue, only 236, but you love him in OBP leagues, 355, 492, slug, easily a career high. The situation right now, we've talked about it a lot on this show, is that catcher is so bad that he doesn't even really need to be doing this to be a, a great catcher, but as it is, he's the seventh best catcher on the season already, and he's really been crushing it over the last uh, couple of months. And just looking at the last 30 days, he's the second catcher behind only Wilson Ramos in terms of ESPN's player rater. How are you valuing Yasmani Grandal right now in the midst of another hot surge? It may He may be a tough one for me. I think, I don't think, I, how am I going to say this? I'm not sure that I've talked to a dumber human being. Oh, uh, so you, you went with the, the polite, easy, yes. <laughs> the measured route. No, actually, I love it. Uh, I think you've actually mentioned before that he is... I just Not I super think bright. A big Dungaloot. Like he just he forgets counts. He forgets what's going on. Not the he, position for a dummy. I think he's the a minus minus game caller. And How is he such a good framer? I because I think framing on some level is a physical skill. I mean, you're talking that's about being able to just keep your hand steady and stick a ball that's moving 90 miles an hour and just grip it. You know? Yeah, it's soft so. hands and, and movements. You're right. It's not even necessarily mental. Yeah. You could have a mental edge. There could be a mental component where a guy 
But you could probably coach. Yeah, you could probably coach a guy into the physicality of it and just be like, "This is what it feels like. Just do it like this." Exactly. But inherently, it's still a skill. Okay, good, good call there. That's interesting. But you don't have to be really smart to be an amazing baseball player. That's a that's a fact. And uh, and so you know, I would say that it's a nice uh, thing that his uh, his exit velocity has gotten back to where it was. I mean, he was averaging near a hundred. He was, let me see, the first four weeks of the season, uh, 97, 97, 98, 99. That, that's the kind of thing that will turn almost any ball in play into a hit. Yes, that, that's and his exit just, velocity, by the way. That's his exit velocity. And then, and then it went down, you know, down to like 79 in, uh, near the end of May. And then it was up and down since. And then, you know, the last four weeks has gotten back up to where uh, – 104 this week, but uh, that's probably a small sample right there. Uh, but you know, uh, 96s, 95. So he's been over 95 for three weeks running now, uh, and above average for six weeks running. So I think he's, uh, I think he's getting healthy. That's uh, that's what I would say. And you know, somebody asked me, you know, what should I do? OBP league. Um, are you going to have? Uh, should I you know, Sal Perez or Yasmani Grandal? He wasn't asking necessarily to drop one for the other, but he was going to shop Sal and okay. pick up Grandal, and uh, I was a hundred percent on that. And I'm in fact, it was just that. a tr- just a straight up choice in OBP leagues. I think I might take Grandal because the powers are going to be about equal going forward, and Grandal is going to have better OBP. So definitely, I'm 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 definitely with you there. The only concern I continue to have from him is, of course, injuries. He's proven to have some some frailty to him, or maybe not even that. I don't even necessarily want to go that far. Catching is difficult. You can get nicked right. up pretty darn easily. I'm not even going to put that on him. But the injury issues that he's gone through it makes it kind of easier to understand why he went for the PEDs. Probably as a health measure, not saying I justify it, I'm saying that that's where it comes from with him in particular, because I think the skills are there for Grandal. He, he shows he's shown that he can be a major league power catcher for sure. But can he stay on the field? And enough? he had pedigree. He had pedigree. I mean, you know, ever since he was signed by the Reds, he's been on everyone's on everyone's radar. So I I, I like him. I think he's def I think he's definitely a top twelve catcher in any in any setup. Okay. And probably a you know, we we talked a little bit about what the back end looks like there. Um, Let me ask you some guys, see if you see if you're cutting them for uh-huh. for Grandal. And we will say, we won't we won't just shade it to his favor with the OBP league. We'll, we'll say average league right now because he's seventh in average leagues on the ESPN Player Rater for the full season. Now he's getting different things out of these guys. I understand that, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm putting you to the fire on it anyway. Yadi Molina versus Yasmani Grandal. I will mention before you answer, uh, Yadi Molina fourth in the last 30 days, carried, entirely carried by his batting average. They do the point system there for each roto category. He's got a 2.35 measure for batting average, and his entire mark is 3.28. So that tells you where, where it is for Yadi Molina. He's really riding batting average. I understand it could be needs-based, but just overall, who would you rather go for rest of the season, Grandal or Molina? I'm going Grandal. You know, one thing that I, I wonder is is how they, you know, come up with that point system. Was it, it catchers against catchers? And so if they question. do it, if they do it that way, then Yadi Molina's 280 batting average is going to look like super sexy time. And you know, if you put that up against the general general population, it's not as exciting. No, I, I think they do general population because for the season. 
he only gets a point ninety five mark. There you go. So that that makes sense. That's still that's good. But I still take demerits off of a catcher for batting average because it doesn't just, just can't impact. Yeah. yeah, they're five times a week. They're you know he's going to end up with five hundred plate appearances. You know this year. You know maybe a little bit more because they love to play the crap out of him. All right, let me uh, hit you with two power guys then. Recently raking and making Colette and I look stupid, Mike Zanino. Oh God! I mean, like, can he? Does he know what a breaking ball looks like? Uh, um, has no. That changed? Well, he calls it a dirt ball because uh, <laughs> it's just in the dirt and he swings at it. He's uh, oh my goodness! He's out of his mind right now. It's sixty plate appearances. Sliders too. He's hitting breaking balls. Well, sliders, curveballs are still not that great against. And for his career, he's still a minus uh, for sliders. I don't want to start stuff, but I will say that I heard a rumor that it's actually just Mike Piazza in a Zanino jersey. <laughs> he cut off the mustache and everything. He was so energized by the Hall of Fame stuff. No, I don't believe it. it. If you just look at when you look at a guy who has a 4.38 ISO, it's just you know. It's so dumb. It's just dumb. <laughs> so, I mean, you're just you're obvi- you're obviously running hot. We can we can all agree on that. He's got a 56% fly ball rate, 50% pull rate, mashing the ball. It's 60 plate appearances. I like I said, he's making us look dumb right now because people are gonna oh yeah. you guys crushed him. I, I'm I'm fine by it. Good luck. Good luck finding guys like that. It still has a 15% swing strike rate. It's man. still guy, a thousand I- plate appearances of suck. Yeah, all right. <laughs> a thousand versus sixty. I'm taking the thousand. So I'm going Grandal as well. The other one, Wellington Beef Castillo, a little bit more established, also a power guy. Who are you going to go with rest of the season? There, uh, I'll let you know. They're split seven uh, for Grandal, nine for Castillo. He's right behind them. They're kind of similar, but obviously Grandal on the way up. Uh, Castillo's measured. What's that? Was that seven and nine? Talking about ranks? That yeah, that's their uh, player rate ranking uh, season to date on ESPN. And uh, nine Grandal, but he's, Se- he's seven all- Grandal. So he has yeah. he's already ahead of him. I guess that's a terrible one to say. But uh, any of these guys ahead of him, you already said you would go Sal Perez. I'd ask How about you, behind him, or I guess we are we're trying to do ahead of him. Uh, they, Sal yeah, Perez, there's no one ahead of him that I really league, think. In batting average league, I might still check. You know, stay with Sal Perez. It's just a better. You know, he's a good batting average guy. That's true. But, and, uh, he's, and he's a lot of play appearances, you know. They play, you know, they run they him play on the ground team. too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think if you live in that state, if you play on either of the teams in that state, you just get run into the ground. Yeah. Uh, so, we, we, like I said, beef's already behind him, but it's only it's two slots. It's it's negligible. So would you would you take beef the rest of the way? Or are you sticking with Grandal, who's who's riding riding hot? Grandal. Okay. Grandal. I am too. I am too. All right, you know. Let's shift over to our, our kind of our main topic today, talking about some uh, potential rises for next. <laughs> Forty minutes in, main yeah, topic. Time. Main topic. Forty minutes, uh, and that's why I'll, my favorite thing, guys. I'm gonna peel the curtain back, not burn you, but just kind of jab you a little bit, guys. Sometimes when I put only a couple things on the rundown, he knows like, is that enough? I said, who are the two guys that are going to be talking? Of course, it's enough. 
<laughs> I could put baseball on the rundown and we would have a hour and a half show. I just put baseball. So yeah, 40 minutes in, we're, we're hitting the main topic. We probably won't be able to deep dive all these players. So some of them, you'll just give a quick answer and I'm going to move on. But some of them I really do want to jump into. And it's just guys that are going to be pushing for maybe first round consideration next year. And loosely talking about top 15 hitters. That means they would likely be drafted in the first round of some leagues, not necessarily all of them. I was going to include Jose Altuve. I think he, he was already a kind of a back-end guy this year. He's going to be a bona fide guarantee guy next year. So we're talking about guys who kind of would be their first time in the first round. In fact, I also had Mookie Betts on there. He's in the same same boat. He's obviously going to be in the first round. So he's off. We got some guys here kind of going by position. Start with Before Will. You name them. Before you name them, I want to throw some context out there. Um, going into this season, the the top 15 <clears throat> at the top, it was everybody knows Trout, Harper, Altuve, Goldschmidt, you know, those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Stanton. And uh, and it actually has Buster Posey because uh, the default is a two-catcher. But uh, that, that goes down. <clears throat> that goes – Posey drop out if, if you're not a two-catcher. And so then, um, you know, I just wanted to give sort of the back end of the top 15 to give people an idea. And that was Kyle Schwarber, Jose Abreu. Uh, Chris Bryant, Carlos Correa, Josh Donaldson, Charlie Blackman. <clears throat> That's actually sort of 15 to 20. Yeah. So you would, you would want to be comfortably better than those guys. Uh, and not just better than those guys have been, but better than those guys were supposed to have been. Exactly. We're, 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 we're trying to project these guys that are going to be the next version of them. And obviously not all of those worked out. And now some of the other new first-rounders that I think obviously did work out, Nolan Arenado's been a stud, Josh Donaldson, Anthony Rizzo. Manny Machado hasn't run, but I don't think anyone's necessarily upset with what they got out, out of him. Um, you mentioned Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant, Mookie Betts, they were the guys on the fringe that would – creep in there but Abreu he's really kind of falling off we've talked about it on this show so not all these guys oh you know to be honest if you're talking about like the top 15 versus hitters versus the top 15 pitchers the top 15 hitters were more stable this year I mean they really were who was a bust out of Trout Harper Altuve Goldschmidt even Posey Betts Rizzo Stanton you you could call a slight bust but But not not, really not a season killer and and that's why you don't Usually yeah. the, the hitter busts won't be season killers, right? And you guys, you know I push back I mean, on this sometimes. Jose Abreu, like, I think he'll probably have positive value on the season. That, you know, that, gonna, that's what I'm saying. You, he's going to end up at like 280 with 20 homers. It's going to be above replacement level for, for almost any league you're in for, for first base. And you were Whereas, hoping for 30-plus, but uh, yeah. and those 10 homers do hurt. I'm not going to say that it didn't, but usually when a pitcher flames out on you – it's it's crushing. Either you had to replace him altogether, or you put up a 470 ERA, and, <laughs> and that's why pitchers, you know. And but then, of course, this was the first year that, like, universally, the fantasy baseball community said, "Let's trust pitchers. Let's put 20 <laughs> right. in the top in and the, the top three rounds." Yep. And injuries and it, it just like, it went haywire. And, yeah. It went haywire. I, I will go back. To not trusting them again. Uh, I, I, it only took the it only took the one burn year for me. Although I think I might I might uh, you know adjust some of my guys upward into the sort of second, third, fourth rounds because I do find that I like we've talked about this before. I, I have too much confidence in my ability to find pitchers late, mm-hmm. and um, I'd rather I think get the pitchers that I want. Um, 
than uh, have people steal my sleepers, especially since I publish my sleepers. Exactly. Uh, and uh, and so I think I might spend an, a round earlier uh, to get some of the pitchers I want and um, and not uh, bottom feed so much. So let's, let's be fair. This this top five worked out. I'm looking at a, a Rotowire or um, an NFBC league I did. Kershaw, Scherzer, Sale, Bumgarner, Arietta were the top five. Those worked out. Gets a little sideways with Price, Grinky, Harvey. Cole. Did Kershaw work out? <clears throat> I think so. Sort right? of. I mean, when he was in, but you know, what if he only? What if he, he's finished for the year? You know, it's been so dominant though. I'd still say he was a plus pitcher, even for only 121 innings, right? Yeah. 179 was... ERA, .73 WHIP. I know the yeah. volume. I know you need volume, right, with pitchers. I mean, he's right there with like uh, Dylan. How many innings is Dylan Batanza's gonna have? 90 max, 80. And I just saying, like they're going to be somewhat close. That's fair. That's fair. But, but anyway, anyway, back. I'm talking history. from a skill standpoint. You cannot remember back to when Jose Abreu was supposed to hit 280 with 30 home runs. Yeah. Remember back to when uh, I guess Josh Donaldson did exactly what he was supposed to do. He's matching his MVP season. You cannot say one bad thing about him. He wasn't probably going to hit 40 home runs again. Um, I mean, he had he that was a a career high for him. So. He's going to be in the mid-30s again, and that's pretty much what you'd expect it. So you kind of have to beat 280, 290, and I would say you know 35 to 40 home runs plus stolen bases. And let's see. What do you think about these guys? Start with Will Myers, a, a, a show favorite for sure. Um, wasn't looking great early. I was I was worried about some of my, uh, my holdings there because I, I bought in on Will Myers. I was like, you know what? The talent's there. Just got to stay healthy. And, and by and large, he's staying healthy so far. It's been it's been great. Got off – okay, that's what it was. It got off to a good start, lulled in May with a 597 OPS. But he's been bananas since. Uh, June was excellent. Actually, no, he hasn't been bananas since. I'm a huge liar. Amazing in June, rough in July, back on track here in August. So he's been kind of topsy-turvy. That's why you got to – you know, with Roto Leagues, it, you just set it and forget it on players that are playing. But in – Head-to-head, I've probably been a bit more nauseating, but 21 homers, tw- 22 homers, 21 stolen bases, 281 average. Will Myers has been excellent this year, but it's his first really good year. I mean, the 109 games played, every game that he plays sets a new career high because previously it was 88. So how much can we believe in a, a next-year 26-year-old Will Myers? I think the, the thing that really sticks out for me is the 21 stolen bases. I just I don't I don't expect that to continue um you know he, he had some years with you know 12 10 6 2013 he had 12 he can't be gold uh i just i it, like the team is bad so he's running right sure I mean, there's, nobody, there's nobody that they're like oh hey will don't run when x is hitting but the team's gonna get better hopefully has to bad <laughs> and, uh, pretty it's pretty bad yeah it's gonna get better i think they're doing some good stuff maybe they will get better quickly so maybe next year he'll still but i would i would project it back in the you know napkin like 10 or 15 for next year that's fine C- coming into this year he averaged about um 11 per 162 and he doesn't play 162 obviously so you re- you really got to look at more of a lower double digit scenario at least when you're projecting he might beat it right. but I brought him up earlier, Manny Machado. 
right? We looked at what he did last year, puts up the 35-20, had never done anything like that before. It was two, six, and two for Manny Machado before then, and now he's back at zero. He's He's zero. zero. He's 0 for 3 this year. Yeah. And nobody cares because they just want him to hit home runs. So and getting a 305 average with 26 bombs, uh, 77 runs scored, and 69 ribbies, it's hard to complain yeah. even without the steals. So lovely looking. So you, uh, 20, 275 batting average. I'd, I'd project him for 275 batting average, uh, you know, 25, because I don't think you'd project him for a full season. So 275 batting average, 25 homers, and 12 steals. So I just don't, I don't think that's, that's second round material. Still pretty Maybe good, third. pretty good jump for him though. Oh, big, big jump. Maybe, and I think I'd be a little bit nervous, and I might make him more of a third rounder, especially since he's going to be first base only. Oh, he didn't get any outfield this year. No, that is tough. That is tough for Will Myers. I thought he was going to carry it over one more year. Oh, three games. That's not going to work. Three, five games. Three games started. You'd have to have real low. um, Yeah, tiny thresholds or. he need he'll need to play in in September or, or obviously the rest of this month and I, I don't think that's going to happen so okay we're saying no on Will Myers I, I'm going to concur with with what you got going there let's talk about a guy who really started his breakout around this time last year and, and we really saw it take shape in the playoffs and it looked like well this is just a great playoff run we're not going to go too crazy over Daniel Murphy but then really carried it over into this season uh, 21 homers 81 ribs. 347 average. He's always been a good batting average guy in the 280s, 290s, but 347, huge spike. He's been amazing this year. There is an altered approach that has unlocked some of this power. It's going to be 32 next year, though. Any chance you're bumping Daniel Murphy up that high? Mm. Got all sorts of eligibilities. Um, In most leagues, I've seen first, second, and third. Uh, I definitely believe in the approach. How much do you add for the first? Like, so sometimes I get a little a little bias uh, on these. I, I will admit that when they add first base eligibility, when they already had a better position, I'm like, I don't care. But I guess it does matter because it, it's still nice in season to have the flexibility, even though you don't, you're not dying to put Daniel Murphy at first base. Anytime you can have the flexibility to make moves that allows you to get a better player off the wire, I, I guess it helps. Maybe I shouldn't discount it. but uh, Yeah, I, and I think uh, you could also count it as a couple extra plate appearances on you know Tuesdays or Tuesdays and Thursdays, Mondays, Mondays and Thursdays. Mondays and Thursdays, yeah. Mondays and Thursdays, so. He'll only have second and first going into next year if you use a 10-game eligibility. Otherwise, it's going to be second only for Daniel Murphy. Anyway, you're right, though. Second base is where you play him. It's a very good second baseman. I... I doubt it. I doubt it. He's going to be a little bit light. You know, this is the best he's ever done in terms of home runs. So your projections are going to move him back. I think projections for him are going to be more like, you know, maybe he's always had the good batting average. So maybe you'd actually, I mean, his projections going forward are for 300. So let's say 300 batting average, uh, which bumps him above, you know, like that Abreu line of 280, Mm -hmm. you know, 35 or so. But I just don't think he's going to be there with home runs and stolen bases. I think his projection would be something like 20 and 5 or something. Or maybe maybe if you're like really aggressive, 25 and 5. But I think um, you're right. I think you're right. He's not, he's not quite there. You do give him a bump for, for second base, of course. And that bump is very different depending on how deep your league is. But in this league, which is 12 teams with an MI, 
the second best second baseman was D. Gordon going into the season. He's more like a top 30 uh, second baseman. Um, and, uh, you know, D Gordon against Daniel Murphy is something to be discussed, but I don't think that Daniel Murphy whoops him because D Gordon is a, a Steels champion. And, so. and it can be so huge for you, especially as Steels just continue to get more and more scarce. I didn't have him on the list, but I'm going to throw a quick curveball here on another second baseman who I think will also carry shortstop eligibility. How high can you get Gene Segura? He hasn't, not, really, he, hasn't, he hasn't fallen off the way he did the last yeah, time you not, broke out. Not that high, not that high. It's just too much regression. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I just got to throw it out there. Because yeah. he, he does have 30 combined right now, homers and stolen bases, with a 308 average. Just wanted to throw him out yeah. there. We, we don't really need to go any deeper because I, I agree with you. You can't, can't jump him up that high. Is Chris Bryant a firm first-round slam dunk now? I mean, he was going into the season, and then he, I think he got better. I felt like he was back-end, though. Was was he, a, yeah, no, was he yeah, firmly established front front end? If he was, uh, then I'm a clown. No, in terms of uh, the auction calculator, um, which I'm just using as a uh, where, where did it go? Yeah, he went he went second round in my in my 12 teamer, but the third pick there that's 15th overall. So we are talking about 15 team idea here, top 15 hitters. So okay, he he, he was. Um, but I guess now the question is, how high are you taking him? Is he a top five guy? more of just a top 10. I mean, he's still stealing bases. He's probably going to get to 10. Yeah, he should get there pretty easily, actually. His contact rate and his strikeout rate noticeably and oh, maintain the power. Uh, I think you, wherever you put Donaldson, I think you put Brian ahead of him. One spot ahead, right? I mean... Just right above yeah. him. I mean, that, it doesn't have to... It doesn't always work out that it's just exactly one spot, but... Uh, you know, like Nolan Arenado, I think I probably still take. I mean, he's still going to stay in 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 Coors, mm-hmm. and he has a, a really nice contact rate, and he's really improved his play discipline this year. So, um, yeah, I, I would take uh, I take Nolan Arenado over him. I take Machado over him. Stanton probably falls out, so there's uh, you know some room uh, to 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 move up. Posey's not in this one, so you know Trout, Harper, Altuve go ahead of him. That's three. Is, uh, is Correa still in? Because he that's, was... That's his four. Rizzo ahead of Bryant? I think I like Bryant better with the third base. Eligibility. I mean, they're very similar. Yeah. Rizzo makes contact, but has never turned that into like a 330 batting average. He, one year, he might. I mean, one year, Rizzo's going to... certainly see it. Yeah. Can I just I, get both since they go by that, that whole Brizzo thing? If I take one, can I just get both? Can I make that a rule next year? No. I oh. do not like the Rizzo thing. Anyway, I'm going to move Machado and Arenado above Rizzo. Uh, so that means we got Trout, Harper, Altuve. It's three. Vets, uh, four. It, it doesn't have to be exactly like this, but uh, what were the other top fivers that we kept putting in there that we, when we had like ten top fivers? Um, oh, yeah. Who else did we put in? Well, we, Bats. we had forgotten Donaldson. We said Betts. Um, so that's four. Uh, Arenado, I think, was one of those. Goldschmidt was still in there, no? Um, or do we move Gold? I, I don't think we can move Goldschmidt out. Well, I mean, I don't know what's going on with the power with him. I mean, he's still doing enough though to. I mean, is Correa still in? That's one. That's a question too, because he was a first rounder coming into this year. I think Correa's going to just go nuts on the rest of the season, but I'm not sure. You're still looking at 18 and 14 out of out of uh, Goldschmidt so far in 110 games with a 295 average. I think I think I still got to get him in there. Yeah, 
I think back in though. So that's fine. Uh, you bump you know, them down a little bit. Top ten maybe instead of top five. Uh, that's one, two. If we're talking top ten, we got Trout, Harper, Altuve, Goldschmidt. That's four, five for Betts, uh, Machado, Arenado, six, seven. Um, and I think you do put Bryant and Donaldson in there uh, oh. Oh. at eight, nine. So then you're talking about Rizzo um, at the back end at, at sort of ten. Um, who else has just jumped up insanely this year? Look at the player rater. How high you got Bogarts? He's ninth overall. He was going to be next on our list anyway. So uh, yeah. I think I'd, I think I'd put a little mini tier of Bogarts' career at you know in the sort of 13, 14, 15. Is, I'd love to next year kind of take one of those short stops in the second round. Yeah, you know, especially if I had like a turn. Ideally, Lindor for me. Korea or Bryant Lindor would be just a, I think, oh. an amazing turn. You know, I, I fully uh, agree. I'm not sure Bryant's getting that deep though in a lot of leagues. He's the, the youth. The, the fact but that if he's I only just gonna... took a slugger, like even if it was Rizzo. Rizzo oh yeah, yeah. I was just, I, I wasn't Rizzo. questioning your no, no, idea. No. Just or Donaldson. Name. I mean, maybe people just, maybe he yeah. doesn't forty, and people, you know, you know, think that it was a bad year or something. I could definitely see him falling down there. How how high can you can you keep Miguel Cabrera? Ah oh, man, I think he slides. I think he's a second rounder. I think you're stupid. <laughs> I think your fat face is stupid. No, uh, no, I, no I, 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 I think he. Homers. I'm a little bit surprised by that number. I didn't think it was 26, but um, and the, and you know he's back to being healthy. And last year was the first year, but you know that that be body, that body is not great. No, and listen, I was the age is not great, and 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 you know we, we have to remember that Prince Fielder. We said, oh, it's not going to age well, and and. Uh, uh, I love Prince Fielder, and it's sad, but I'm just saying we said it wasn't going to age well. It didn't age well. That didn't mean that we were totally right, though, because it was like 600, you know, 162 games a year for That's like a long ass time. And then, then it was a next situation. It, how much did the weight play into that? I think it has to. Plus, that the swing was a little violent, and swing was definitely violent. Yep, yep, yep yeah. Yep. But he was like baseball's Iron Man, and then he wasn't. Uh, with Cabrera, though, I'm, I'm with you. I think there, there is a youth movement that's going to push him to the back end. But we're talking that back end where you're on the swing pick anyway. Yeah, on the swing pick, you know, at 15, I mean, he's like we've named a bunch of guys. I think, um, yeah, like the, like that that idea of sort of, uh, you know, Miguel Cabrera plus a shortstop is pretty sexy still. Yeah, I, I still I still think that that could definitely work if you weren't enamored of, of whoever fell to you. Um, in this kind of grouping that we're talking about, if if Josh Donaldson's stock was pushed down because he he dared to have a three for the first digit of of his age, I think he's going to be thirty next year, right? Um, then that would be really really interesting. I, I would go crazy to take a uh, a Donaldson shortstop combination. Yeah, he's already thirty. He'll be thirty one yeah, next year. Yeah, for it's worth. I've heard uh, I've heard you know I'm not going to name names, but I've heard people sort of talk about Josh Donaldson and say, you know, I wonder what will happen when the athleticism falls off because he has this, you know, such this aggressive approach with the big high leg kick and the, the you know, the full swings, you know, are the, is the strikeout rate going to, you know, really go up and is he going to, is he going to have a harder time uh, on the back end? I mean, he's definitely not, you know, like a Votto or anything. No, but it's been so good uh, yeah. right now that, even a, even a fallback next year would still be a pretty good player. We've been talking these shortstops. What about Kyle uh, Corey Seager? Not Kyle. Sorry, Kyle. Mm. Here's the thing. Here's, so, what, here's what I'll say. Regardless of your answer, I guarantee you he goes in some first rounds next year. Hundred percent. There will be people yeah, ready I mean, ready to jump him there, no matter what. 
I'm just curious if you're among that group. I think I want to get a 40. I want to get a 40 out of my first rounder. I want to get 40 homers plus stolen bases. I, I like that. I, I, I can hear you on that. So you're saying no, yes, but most I, I those guys, most of those guys will. If and that's forty at like a two eighty level, right? So the reason Miguel Cabrera sort of sneaks in is because he's not a two eighty level. He's like a three hundred plus guy. Exactly. Um, you can almost you can project three ten comfortably. And Donaldson's going to end this year, you know, near forty. He's already got thirty three. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, yeah, he's going to end the year with near 40. And he's still hitting 296. Uh, the average is still up there. Like Donaldson is matching his year. It actually, he's a little bit better than his MVP year. I think you don't want to sleep on Donaldson. And Betts gets there with power and speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, same as Altuve. Harper may drop out of the top five with his bad year, but in terms of projecting him, in terms of upside, he's definitely got the chance to do 40 again. Yeah, so I'll take him. All these guys we're talking about are 40s. And even Carlos Correa in a bad year is going to get to 40 because he's going to do 2020. Uh, Seager doesn't have that speed. And, Lindor, and he's got good power, but it's not overwhelming, holy crap power. It's just, just really good for shortstop power. If you're buying Corey Seager, you're kind of buying him at the, I think he'll do this level, but he hasn't necessarily done it yet level, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think Seager, I mean, at 15... Right now, we're talking about uh, like Miguel Miguel Cabrera, and um, you know I don't know Anthony Rizzo maybe. Where do you think Seager is on the player radar for shortstops? And I'll tell you that Machado is counted there. So where where do you think Seager is right now? Um, I mean, the way you're saying this is, it's, I feel like I'm going to look stupid. Uh, but <laughs> uh, but I would just guess third. I mean, Bogarts no. does that. Does that high runs in RBI thing? And he's nine among shortstops. Yeah, it's it's uh, a guy. Well, Paul and I covered this. Fifty-five RBIs. It's VR Bogarts. Desmond's yeah. still there too. So if you want to take him out and say he's eight, that's fine because he won't be shortstop next year. But for this year, Desmond still counts. Eduardo Nunez, All Star. Gene Segura. Francisco Lindor, Manny Machado, Trevor Story, Dennis well, Seager. You got Edward Edward Nunez and and Segura. Sure, I, I was just at. I was, but still, you're right. It's not top three, and it might be next year. But uh, you know, you, I think you're reaching a little bit if you if you buy him at that price. For as overwhelming as he is, what I would say, and again, I was part of this quote unquote mistake. I, I actually don't really have a problem with having taken him there. I don't think it ruined a season for Colette and I, but. I would say don't make the Correa mistake. I would say don't make that same mistake with Seager and overdraft him next but year. But at the same time, Correa is closer to pro- like producing that kind of value even in a bad year. Sure, sure. So it, it'd be even worse to do it with Seager because he doesn't bring that speed, that speed and you yeah. put such a burden on the power. So P- Correa right now is projected to end uh, t- uh, 23 and 16. So he'll be just outside of that 40, but, you know, also he's a shortstop. So. And he's a little bit, you know, he's probably a hot streak away from hitting 280. He's at 269 right now. Next guy, one of those shortstop eligible guys. I don't think he's going to make oh, it for I think you. Korea, I think Korea's, you know, in terms of stat cast, he's hitting the ball really well. So I think, I think there's some power coming. I wouldn't be surprised if he got hot enough to be hitting 290 by the end of the year. I'm just saying you won't even take that much to be up at 280 with approaching your 40 threshold. Correa is still making a strong case to stay up there. 
Um, what about Ian Desmond? He's got the 40 on a lock. He does that all the time. Do you buy? No, I, it's just too It's too crazy year to year, man. It's just, I hear you. I mean, the batting average, before. is it, it surged back up. Yeah, you, like you said, he's done it before. He's gonna be 31 next year. I had to bring him up though. He's been he's been amazing. I mean, he was a he was a consistent 40 guy uh, in terms of home runs with stolen bases. The the batting average was the thing that made him risky. Exactly, and last yeah. year's rotten year showed how it could go because even when he got 32, 19 and 13, it was a 233. So it, I mean, we're talking about a quote unquote bad year for Correa is 16 and 10 with a 269. Talk about 19 and 13 with a 233. And yeah. that's and he is still striking out now he's striking out the less floor is, the floor is lower yeah he's striking out less but the, the swing strike rate you know 12.8 his career is 11.8 last year was 13.2 it's not you know he didn't you know discover some magic potion yeah it's not better okay last guy we got here in the outfield i didn't really find a lot of outfielders that i thought were really pushing here uh because we have so many already that we're, we're interested in if you count bryant in there what about starling Marte? he's third on the player radar so far this year Behind just Betts and Trout, just ahead of Myers and Desmond and Bryant, Starling Marte is he is he ready to join the first round or is he not not quite do enough for you? Uh, Starling Marte, he gets the forty on lock from the speed, pretty much, right? I mean, you know, you, there's yeah, just no burden on the power to reach your forty threshold, but it is very he gets hit. He gets hit a lot. That's that's a key to his OBP, to be honest. Yeah, and. You know, the 19 home runs last year is going to be a high watermark unless he starts lifting the ball more. And he Someone had, you know, wrote that. Someone, I don't remember who. God, he was a really good-looking guy, super tall, uh, nerdy look with some glasses, but said last year that the power was frozen. Yeah. Just yeah. At, that, at that level, at that level. I hear that guy's super smart. But, um, you know, and, you know, he he's going to steal 40 bases again this year. So it's hard to bet against him to do 40 again next year. I mean, because he's going to hit some homers. He's probably going to hit, you know, 10. 10, yeah. Near. His low watermark so, on batting average has been 280. He's up at 315 you know, he might this be year. A sneaky, he might be a sneaky play with, like, because, you know, when you do the home run plus stolen base thing, like back at na- napkin like we're doing, um, that, uh, that, that doesn't, you know, factor in the fact that probably stolen base is a little bit more valuable this year. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, with the way... They were. They might have already been coming into the year. Uh, I think Jeff told me they were equal, which I, I, I was surprised with. I asked him to show some work. He showed me some work. It made sense. Um, they were equal. This was back in like in May, or March, or April. And now with the decline in stolen bases, I bet he's got a calculation that would tell us that they're they're worth even more now. Yeah, and 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 you know, put him up against Rizzo. They're uh, you know opposites. Marte v Rizzo. Yeah. Um, but you get, you take Rizzo, you take Marta, you take Rizzo there and there's probably, um, let me look back at the, uh, the, let's see. So if you take Rizzo, you know, if it's like a snake draft thing that we're talking about here, um, uh, if you take Rizzo, you know, your speed guy in the second round might be D Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, is Jonathan? How high does Jonathan VR get? I didn't put him on this list because yeah. I really don't think he gets in there. Could you see taking him yeah, in the second round? round? Yeah, second round. There's a VR. So th- those guys are good, but you know their batting averages I think riskier than Marte's. Even though 100% some, agree. 
Yeah, so they might give you the 30 steals, but it might be like a, you know, with me VR, it might be like, you know, back down to like 240. Uh, with the D, it might be 270 or so. Um, you know, Marte is probably going to give you 290, 300 or so. So that's just been his track record. So you're, you're going to lose a decent amount. Let's say you take, <clears throat> you, take a Mar- you take Marte and you're looking for a Rizzo type in the second round. Um, you know, look at the player radar and, and give me some names because the auction well, calculator Stanton. I'm looking at guys, Justin Upton, Stanton. There you go. Right. Um, we're talking uh, Stanton. Let's see other Car- cargo first batting average. Who, who cargo. Was, who who, 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 who did not, you say? Who did you I'm say? not buying cargo next year. One of these years he's going to be traded. What about? Uh, I mean, are you still buying Braun, Cruz? Are, yeah, those I mean, those yeah, are power guys. <clears throat> Votto. Like, like I don't really love those names, and so I think you might be tempted to buy a pitcher in the second round. So, so you go. I just think it would be really risky to go Marte pitcher. What about Marte uh, Lamb? How, how high can you get Jake Lamb? Rake, a little, rake, crazy, rake. little bit over his head. I, I think my projection for him would be 25 homers next year. And that's coming uh, from the guy who loved him, by the way, folks. So yeah. even Eno knows not to get too crazy. 270, 275 to 25 homers. Still really good, but that's yeah. not second round. And so, like, I think Marte would be really risky to have in the, in the top 15 because of, just because of the dynamics of a snake draft. Now, if you're talking auction – then you can buy whoever you want, and then you can you can correctly value Marte's uh, stolen bases, and he's probably uh, he probably is top fifteen actually. You know? Uh, yeah, I totally hear you. Now this this last guy, I didn't put him on the list for you, but he's had one, two, three, four, five, five seasons of of the forty that you're looking for since uh, since two thousand nine. He's going to get it this year. He's already got 38. He had a down year last year, just 26. This guy's a super stud. I feel like I feel like he's an automatic yes, but I got to ask you anyway. Rajay Davis. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a good way to, you know, debunk my 40. <laughs> or, or, or to show his obscene value, um, stolen base wise for sure. But he's he's, he's a great only play because he only oh goes God. so good. He only goes for like. You know, for like single digits. And he's going to be 36 next year. He's still not. It doesn't matter how good he's been this year. The fact that he has 10 bombs, 28 stolen bases on 31 attempts, by the way. He had a little bit of a caught stealing issue. 60 plate appearances. I mean, he just doesn't need playing time to be awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah. He takes away in the runs in RBI. 55 and 38 is not great. So, yeah, obviously, I was a million percent kidding on that. It was more just to kind of bring up the fact that Rajay Davis has been awesome. I wasn't trying to debunk the 40. You should bow down to his awesomeness. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Juan Uribe being, you know, a sneaky good play late into his career. And uh, another Juan, a little bit less of a a Rajay Davis way because he didn't have the pop, but Juan Pierre, even when when he was relegated to fourth outfielder. No one wanted him, and he would just give you – gobs of steals i I remember it very clearly how you could just keep getting him you're like that his second to last year he had 400 plate appearances and 37 steals and a 307 average and i guarantee he didn't cost you crap he was on the phillies nobody wanted him won some people some some leagues that year guaranteed guaranteed take the one homer you know like i said rajay davis maybe even a better version of that right now don't 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 sleep on Rajay next year. He had a great season this year. Really don't helped them. Don't put him in the top fifteen. Though. <laughs> don't put him in the top fifteen. We're definitely not saying that. It was a million percent joke. I don't want to hear anybody saying 
I took Rajay Davis with my first round pick and I lost my league. Can I have my entry feedback? I will not <laughs> give you your entry feedback and I will find a way to punch you in the throat. So don't do that. <laughs> you know, that's going to wrap us up until Friday. We're going to come back. I'm going to go ahead and uh, ask you all for some Twitter names that you want us to discuss. Since we did a little bit of a more forward-looking thing, we'll get back into the uh, the here and now. So send us some guys. Maybe lean on some pitchers since we did a hitter-focused episode here. Just some pitchers that we haven't talked about in the last, uh, I'd say, two weeks-ish, unless they've really done something to merit Probably gonna another talk mention. Probably Justin Verlander. Because we will be talking Verlander because you're right. I've got a piece coming out about him uh, on Friday on ESPN. It's in 700-point font. It just says, Justin Verlander <laughs> is effing awesome. <laughs> they wouldn't let you put the full word. I respect it. It's the Disney company, but you, they did let you put F apostrophe N. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah, so we'll definitely talk Verlander on Twitter, at Eno Saris, at Spore. Hit us with some more names. Probably do a, pretty much a pitching episode on Friday. Eno, until then, take care. Yep, thanks for listening. <laughs>